Don't go anywhere. It's not an ad. I promise. Just hold on. And now it's time. Welcome to Cheer Up Babe, the podcast with me, your host, VJ Julio. First things first, introducing, or you already know her. You know her. You love her. The current queen of Cheer Up Baby the podcast, Gracie Lee Julio. And now, introducing for the first time on this podcast and also to the world, because she was born three days ago, born October 13th, with a height of 20.1 inches. Not sure what the point one is. Weighing seven pounds, six ounces. Here to absolutely own her daddy's life along with her older sister, Charlotte K. Julio. Let's get this party started. And by this party, I mean this amazing life. That is right, Cubs. It happened. It happened. My amazing wife pushed out our beautiful brand new baby angel princess queen and to go right along with our first baby angel angel princess queen. Charlotte K was finally born. Her mother crushed the birth and both mama and baby are doing amazing. And she is obviously the greatest thing on the fucking planet. You know, obviously. My heart can't contain my own life, you know, obviously, obviously that goes without saying, but I said it and I hate when people say it goes without saying, but I said it and I said it and I'm excited and I'm wearing the denim daddy jacket because I only get to wear this jacket when I become a dad again and I'm wearing the denim daddy jacket because I'm a dad and that's all I ever wanted to be and I continue on with the trend. I didn't even fucking wear the gold chain because there's nothing sarcastic about this episode except for maybe later on, but Charlotte K was born. Mom and her are doing great. They are upstairs right now, and she is perfect, babe. She is perfect in every single way. So her mama went in. She had been having contractions for like three days, and we went in initially, and the doctor was like, they're fake contractions or whatever. You know how doctors say that? I think they named it Braxton Hicks or whatever. Jordan's like, I'm having contractions like every five minutes, and the doctor's like, nope go home. And so we went home and then she had contraction for three more days. And then we went in and she got her water popped. And that's how that happened. And so she was born on October 13th. We went in the morning of October 13th, checked into the hospital about 915. She got her water broke at 1030. And she went through a little bit of labor with a little bit of I, I just belittled that she went through the fucking worst thing that a woman can do. Also the most beautiful thing. But she absolutely crushed the labor and then she spent, I don't know, 30 to 40 minutes pushing and popped out our baby girl. Now we'll get all into the the nitty gritty details and stuff, of course, because that's what we do. But I just, I'll just get this out of the way real quick. I am cloud nining and whoever is running my simulation, you know, if this is the Truman Show and all the TV scenes were scripted and my entire life was scripted, hey. Big ups to you who's ever running my simulation because you're doing things that I can't express in words that make me the happiest and lightest man on the planet. So thank you. Thank you to whoever's pulling the strings. I appreciate it. So we went with a midwife this time. And I know that sounds like hippy dippy bullshit, but it wasn't hippy dippy bullshit. It was amazing. 
And the reason we went with a midwife is because the great thing about a midwife is they have background experience. They almost, I'm pretty sure like in order to be a midwife, you have had to have been a nurse for a while. You have that automatic bedside manner, right? Because let's be real, nurses are some of the most kick-ass group of human beings on the planet. And at least in all of my experience, I have never had a single bad nurse. All of our nurses that we've ever had going in and out of the hospital, Jordan and I are always just like, hey, you want to be friends like after this, like after you get off your shift? And I know that they're just doing their job and ultimately blah, 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 whatever you want to say, but they're amazing. They're amazing. And so after Gracie's birth, we had a midwife come in and the midwife couldn't actually do anything. She had to watch the four-year resident deliver Gracie. But after that experience and the way that she was so caring to Jordan in that first birth, we were like, let's try to go with a midwife. Now, there's a place 30 minutes away, hospital 30 minutes away, that did have midwives that had full, you know, the word for it, where they get to be, they get to run the room. Because the hospital that we're in and the town we're in, only doctors could do that. Like, only like MD, whatever. I don't, listen, I'm not going to get into semantics and legalities, because I don't know the phrasing. I just know that a midwife couldn't deliver a baby at the hospital we were at. So we went to the hospital where we could deliver a midwife, a midwife that we heard amazing and great things about. Shout out to you. Hey, Jesse Borgstrom, you're a fucking amazing human being, and thank you so much for the care and attention that you showed my wife, not just in the birth, but throughout the entire pregnancy. You're a one, you're kick ass, you made the entire experience beautiful, so thank you, sincerely from the bottom of my heart. So we decided to go with Jesse, and it was a great call, because there's just certain things that she understood in terms of birth, where it wasn't just like a medical procedure, and I'm not talking down on people that just do that way, like whatever, dude, like to each their own, it's not my job to bash or uplift anybody else's pregnancy just like it's not your job to bash or uplift mine right i'm just telling you what we did we went with the midwife and that experience was awesome like it was a little bit of hippy dippy bullshit but guess what you the your brain needs a little bit of hippy dippy bullshit here and there because it's it soothes the soul especially in times of high stress like exiting a human being out of your entire sarcophagus is sarcophagus the right word probably not your body you know And so the entire experience had like, I'm not kidding you, dim lighting, lavender diffuser oils just pumping into the air. It was fantastic. Jordan got to take a bath. She was soaking in the tub, just relaxing while she was contracting. So it wasn't the most relaxing thing because those contractions were hitting her and she was digging her nails into my arm. But we had, I got to give a big shout out to our nurse that was there through the entire birth, Anna. Shout out to you. Super badass stud. Okay, super badass stud. And you know, I mean that in the most positive way possible. You're a fucking beast. And I mean that in the exact way that you should take it, which is you were super attentive and constantly caring for my wife. So you right next to Jesse, you two standing shoulder to shoulder there for my entire wife's birth and the birth of my beautiful baby daughter, Charlotte. Couldn't have asked for a better dream team. So thank you sincerely. But Jordan's like taking a bath and stuff and we're there for a few hours and her contractions obviously hurt really, really, really bad. I'm getting the shit beat out of me. It's all just the normal flow of things. And then it was time to start pushing. And the cool thing is, is so Jordan pushed for like mm, 15 minutes on her back, right? And then Jesse's like, so what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you push from the side for about 10 to 15 minutes. And then we're going to rotate and we're going to push from the side for 10 to 15 minutes. 
And Jordan and I had never heard anything like that. You know, Jordan and I had never heard uh, push the baby out in the position that you take when you're laying on the couch watching a movie, you know, when you're on your side watching a TV that's on the side of the couch, but you're laying sideways and you're just chilling. No one ever said, hey, push a baby out that way. And then she explained that what it does is it can use gravity to help kind of rotate the baby through the pelvis so you don't get any snags. And that's my words, not hers. She didn't say so you could do any snags. That's just how I articulated it in my brain. So Jordan pushes for 15 minutes on her back and then she rotates and Jesse has to run away just to do some clinicals because the baby's not out out yet. We're probably expecting, you know, like the normal, like a couple hours of pushing possibly. And so Jesse dips out. Anna and I are in the room. Now I'm on leg duty, obviously. If you don't think that I'm going to be fucking front lines for every single one of my children's birth, if you don't think I'm going to be in the trenches for every single one of my baby's births, you got another fucking thing coming. I'm on leg duty. Jordan pushed like four times on her side, right? And then Jordan said, she's right there. And then Anna took a peek. And then Anna goes, it was one of those like, Jordan's in the middle of her push. You know, it's like that aggressive, like, ah, super hardcore bear down shit. And Jordan, and Jordan goes, she's right there. Anna takes a look. And then Anna goes like in that like calm where it's, it's masking the holy fucking shit. Stop pushing in the back of her voice. She goes, okay, so I'm going to have you stop pushing. Right. And I'm going to go get Jesse. And I heard in the back of my, in the back of her voice, she has very good bedside manner. She had a very good calm voice, but I heard it. You know, I read it from a mile away. The back of her voice said, holy fucking shit. The baby's going to come out in the next push. So she sprints out of the room over exaggeration and goes and gets Jesse and Jordan and I are in there. First of all, it was game time, the whole pushing thing. You know, we're doing the intensity shit. I'm holding the leg where every single time she pushes, it's let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. And that's for, that's her saying that, not me. I'm just kidding. It's the exact same thing as with Gracie. It was high intensity. We're in it. I mean, come on, dude. We're fucking ex-athletes. We have a certain intensity about us. Now, the room might have smelled like lavender, but our brains were firing at a thousand. Right. Our in, our intensity levels were up. Right. She did just take a nice soothing warm bath, but it's fucking buzzer beater crunch time right now. So the adrenaline is sky high. The lights are dimmed down, but we're in the middle of a volcano going to escape. Right. You get it. You get it. No more examples. You get it. Now, Jordan is on her left side facing me. So I am holding her right leg. Picture it. And Jesse comes in and she goes, okay, next few pushes. Let's go. Jordan pushes, crowns, pushes, crowns a little further. Now, here's the thing about that. Just from the male's perspective, not that it matters. We'll talk about that in a second. But just from the male's point, in between each of her previous pushes, I would set her leg down and let her relax. Now, the baby is in the canal. So what my job was, was, hey, don't set the leg down anymore. Because the baby's right there. So you got to hold the leg up. And the problem is, is when she rotated at her side from her side, I wasn't in like a holding a sniper rifle at my hip position anymore. I was at a full extension like I'm holding two giant trays and I'm a and I'm a waiter at some sort of fancy restaurant that ordered 37 drinks to the table. So they're big trays and my arms are fully extended. Right. So I have my wife's leg 
Gordon Ramsay food plattered out in front of me. And then the baby starts crowning. And I realize that I'm at full extension with both of my arms. And I don't know if you know a lot about anatomy or the muscle capabilities of your shoulders. But when you're at full extension with your arms, not a strong holding position. You're at the furthest distance away from your body that your arms can reach. And I'm holding my wife's leg, which by the way, dead weight, because she's focusing on pushing, not flexing her hip to keep her leg up. And I have to hold this through four pushes. Now, all the while I'm being attentive to my wife, all the while I'm hyping her ass up. You're a fucking kick-ass, badass bitch. I can't believe that you can do this. But in also, in my brain, what I'm pushing down is the screaming shoulder failure that's happening. Because guess what, Vincent? It's crunch time. And you can't let this leg down because your baby's right fucking there. Right? So I'm doing the shakes. My arms are doing the shakes. Jordan said later that she could feel my arms shaking, but she knew that I wasn't going to let it drop because she knows what kind of man her husband is. She was like, I felt your arms shaking, but I wasn't worried. I knew you. there was no way you were letting my leg drop. And I was like, I always got you like that, babe. Now, you might be laughing to yourself that I'm talking about my shoulder failure whilst also talking about the fact that my wife is pushing a human being out of her body, I was just giving you the only thing that I went through in this entire experience. Okay. That wasn't a comparison. That's what we like to call a side anecdote. Now, here's the beautiful thing. The birth was so under control. So I got to watch her head come out and then her shoulders come out and then her body come out and everything. And Jordan rotates back onto her back and they pop Charlotte out and put her right on Jordan's chest, still attached by the umbilical cord. And I go up to Jordan, and I'm over her head, and we got to watch our daughter come to life on her chest. Like, they come out like this bluish-grayish tint because they haven't, you know, been getting pumped with that fresh oxygenated blood. They have womb blood or whatever the fuck. And we got to watch just the color just rush into her and they you know they kind of shook her up a little bit while she was on Jordan's chest just to kind of kind of activate her and wake her up a little bit and so she let out a little cry right and obviously Jordan and I are a mess we're a mess we're we're crying it's a beautiful thing we're watching our little girl just she's still attached to mama and she's just coming to life and it's uh, it was be- I mean, it's the most beautiful thing you'll ever experience. If you ever get to have a baby and you get to have that specific experience right there, there's nothing that'll ever happen on this planet that can top it. So you know what I'm saying. And if you don't know what I'm saying, get over it. So we got to watch her just kind of come to life. And she cried for a second, babe. She cried for like ah, maybe a second and a half. And then she opened her eyes and she locked onto Jordan so hard. No crying breathing mouths moving like she's doing like the like you know like kind of like smacking her lips and moving her tongue around and but she's chest to chest with Jordan and her head is on Jordan's chest looking up at Jordan and she is locked the fuck on and just her entire being was just like oh you're my mom and I fuck I I need to know how many episodes I'm gonna go without saying that I cried but I fucking cried so hard couldn't stand it couldn't take that much beauty to be being witnessed by my eyes it was amazing so she was attached for a while and then once the umbilical cord stops throbbing that's when you cut it and I cut the cord because they want to try and make the dad feel included somehow because here's the deal dude 
here's the deal. All right, well, before I get into here's the deal, Charlotte K is perfect in every way. And I had this weird little fear in the back of my brain about, ah, will I be able to split my heart up just a little bit to spread that love onto another baby? Because like I experienced what full-blown, full-capacity love is like when we had Gracie. And I was nervous that when we had a second baby, that will I be able to split and divide that love to encompass this other baby? And that's not what happens. What happens is your love just expands. So think of it like a bubble, right? And you can love everything that's in that bubble and everything in that bubble you love as hard and as immensely as possible. And there's nothing that can make that bubble pop. And then a new baby comes in. And when that new baby comes in, you don't split that bubble and put some of the bubble onto the baby. That bubble just grows a little bit and she just becomes a part of that bubble. So there's no dividing of love at all. It's just your capability to love things just grows that much it grows exactly as much as you need it to and i i don't know dude like everything ah, i can't put it into words so i'm not going to try to put it into words it's just if i was to say anything to someone else who asked about it like hey what's it like to have kids it's an experience that you'll only understand when you have it and the second you have it you'll know what i mean and i know that sounded like some sort of politician answer but that's i you can't express it you can't and I'm just so thankful for whoever's running my simulation. Thank you. So, but I've talked about this in the past. We're going to recircle back to it because I found out new things this time around also that I'm like, oh, it's even more so than I originally thought. Did you know that being a fucking dad doesn't matter, like especially when it's the birth, they like let the dad do things to make him feel included. You don't have to be there, bro. You're a cheerleader. And here's the thing about that. If the cheerleaders don't show up to the game, they're still going to play the game, right? So whether the cheerleaders are there or not, the game will still happen. There will still be an end score. There will still be a result with or without the cheerleaders. Now, the cheerleaders can help with morale, maybe a little bit, with a little bit of, burr, it's cold in here. Hey, there must be a baby in the atmosphere. I said, oh, we, yo, we, yo, ice, ice, ice. They can keep morale up a little bit, but they're not making that much of a fucking difference. They're cheering up one person in the stands and it just happens to be their mom. So that is the equivalent of a guy in the in the birthing room. It's going to happen regardless. Women's bodies are fucking amazing. And unless you're in it, unless you're a dude and you watch your woman do something, how about you just, unless you're, unless you've experienced this, like if you're a dude and you're listening to this right now and you haven't watched your woman or a woman do this, why don't you just sit the fuck down for a second, okay? Because right now you're rolling your eyes and also at the same time, go fuck yourself because here's the deal. Conceptualizing the fact that your woman started with a cell and just created an entire human being with its own consciousness and full capability of life and then pushed that through her body and then fed that life with her body, right? Sure, you held her leg. Sure, you cut the umbilical cord. Sure, you gave her a ton of kisses and patted her head and 
told her how amazing she was. It was the most amazing thing that you're ever going to witness. Sure. But the game still would have been played without you. Right. Did you know that breast milk is specifically tailored to the baby with which is feeding on that breast? Did you know that? Did you know that the woman's body will take signals from the baby's saliva and create antibodies in the breast milk? And that's what helps keep the baby from getting sick is the mom produces the antibodies with her breast milk based off of signals that the baby is giving her body. That's an unconscious thing that their body just does. Here's another thing that breast milk does. This is one of the things that I found out a couple days ago. If the baby gets an eye infection, just put some breast milk in it. What did I just fucking say? If the baby or pretty much anyone gets an eye infection, don't go to the doctor and get hydrochlorocephaltin, you know, don't get that. Just put some breast milk in it. Charlotte had a clogged duct and I thought it was an eye infection. Turns out it's not. You just got to keep a little bit of heat compress on it and it'll clear itself out. But I thought it was an eye infection. This is why I said to nurse, what do you do with a brand new baby that gets an eye infection? Because obviously you don't want to put like antibiotics or any sort of heavy stuff on the eye. What do you do? And she said, just put a little breast milk in it. Damn. Is was my re- is was is was my reaction because <laughs> what you know you know what I'm saying and the fact that their bodies open up and then they'll just close back up afterwards that's crazy shit that's crazy shit and as a guy I'm just there with my pom poms hey 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 give me a H give me an O give me an L Y give me a space Give me an F-U-C-K. What's that spell? Holy fuck. Yeah. What's that spell? Holy fuck. Yeah. What did I just watch? Yeah. 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 You just sit there as a dude after it's over and you're just kind of like, I'm just a fucking meat pie. Like my body is just a meat carcass and it's not good for anything. And there's some guys out there right now that don't like women that are like, couldn't have had the baby without me. Oh, did you do your favorite thing on the planet? (laughs) (laughs) did you help her out by doing literally the only thing our brain is always wired to do and that's bust nuts that's what i thought so take a seat but thanks for your effort but yeah man so got two girls in the house my house is a fucking estrogen ocean even more at first i thought it was an estrogen ocean and then now i realize now it's an estrogen ocean and probably when we have our third baby it'll probably be a girl again because i make girls i'm a girl dad and then i'm really gonna feel what an estrogen ocean is just like the female energy that's going on in my house right now here i'll tell you exactly what this right here if you just enter my home right now right so we got we got Mom, who's so fucking empowered right now because of what she just did, right? Nothing is more powerful than a woman who just gave birth because she knows what she's capable. We have my one-year-old going on seven, right? She, I have the smartest, most intricate, articulate girl in the fucking world for my one-year-old. And then we have a brand new baby girl who soaks up the energy of the room because how can you not be eternally obsessed with a three-year-old or sorry a three-day-old 
how does that ju- not just take up all the consciousness in the w- room and draw all its energy towards it? You know, so we got badass, powerful wife, super crazy, smart one-year-old, brand new baby girl, right? So my house, you walk in the door and this isn't playing, but this is playing. You walk into my door and you hit this wall of energy and it's, and it's like kind of subtle in the, but you hit this wall and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? And then your senses start doing this start picking up on these little intricacies. Even if all the girls aren't in the same room, you just feel, you start feeling this like energy floating around the house. And your brain's trying to articulate the senses that are that it's getting hit with. You're like, it's like, what? What is that? What is that? And you hear it lightly in the background. Is that? What is this? What is this? What? Oh shit. Okay. Wow. Okay. Is this Kesha? And you're like, no. And then you're like, okay, there's just, wow. I mean, I, I feel it, especially, say if you just came from something super aggro aggressive, like a jujitsu practice or something, you'd walk in and you'd be like, Jesus, what? The energy in here, it's, it's strong, but it's a different kind of strong. And you're like, I just can't really pick up on what's being laid down in this house. And then suddenly all three girls enter the room and it's like... And I'm just in the corner fist pumping quietly. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't agree with the lyrics because they all kind of rely on me pretty heavily. It's one of my points of pride, but the, it's just kind of like what they're putting out right now. Now both my hands are up and I'm just fucking vibing. It's like, this is the, this is the world I'm in. This is my life. And I love it, and I never expected it to be this way, and I wouldn't wish for anything else, and I wouldn't wish for anything to be different, because I am at the highest point that I ever thought I would reach in my life, and I don't see it going up from here, but I know that it will, because I get to watch them grow up and be adults. Yeah, yeah. Also, Kesha, thanks for that gem. I watched that in concert, and that shit was hype, and I was so drunk, I screamed every word. (laughs) Jordan and I went to a Kesha and Macklemore concert in Salt Lake City, Utah, where it was all LDS people, and I wore a white button-up t-shirt. That probably wasn't the best call because they were like brethren, and I was like, sup, Jonathan. I knew his name was Jonathan because of his name tag, but... We went and watched that in concert, and I sang every word because I was so fucked up. But anyways, <laughs> but yeah, babe, it was a good week. It was a good week, and I'm a very thankful man. I'm going to get my wife down here, okay? So one of the, someone asked, I think we answered it last week, like when Jordan's going to get on the podcast, and it's when I get my when I upgrade the studio a little bit and I get dual microphones and that's coming very, very soon. But dude, there was this moment. So Jordan's blood pressure was the only thing that really fucked with her through the entire pregnancy. Her blood pressure would be up and then her blood pressure would be down. And those two things happened in two minutes. Those two differences happened in two minutes. So it was like, is she preeclamptic? Is, is, is she in danger or is she just white coat syndrome that we found out earlier? 
but that 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 happened that continued on even like on the day that we went in and to for her to have charlotte her blood pressure would be like high and then they would check it again 10 minutes later and it would be low so she got checked once and it was high and she's having her contractions this was after her water popped and stuff and then anna came in to check it again and it was like normal as shit like 123 over 74 like so normal like she's not even in labor and anna goes jeez and jordan first of all no one makes me laugh harder than my wife jordan especially when she's like when it's her room you know and she's her full comfortable self she's wacky dude my wife's wacky she's a wacky little girl she's wacky like this podcast is wacky she's just wacky dude she's just no one makes me laugh harder than her she turns to the nurse and she goes i told you anna i have anxiety <laughs> and like pointed her finger up to the sky and did it all high pitched with the anxiety so i need to get her down here on the mic so that she can record a sound drop that goes, I have anxiety. <laughs> I fell out. I fucking fell out laughing, dude. Fucking wacky ass. Oh, my God. And then, of course, since we've been home, there's, you know, people have been amazing. Like, obviously, it's fall. So I have 13 oak trees in my yard and they've all decided to just shit their leaves all over my grass so we had like a foot and a half of leaves because I don't know if you know anything about going to work every day and also your wife is eight and a half months pregnant and also you have a one-year-old you don't have four hours to mow your lawn and clean up the leaves not in that order you know you don't have that time neighbor came over it took care of the yard took him 45 minutes it took him such a little amount of time because he has all of his little hookups and accessories he mowed up all the leaves and the grass in 45 minutes which would have taken me four to five hours because i have a push mower and a rake but he did it so fast that i looked up how much his lawnmower was he has an eight thousand dollar lawnmower he has a car to cut grass he's an eight thousand dollar lawnmower john deere s720 or whatever the fuck and that's the smaller version of the ones that are a bit here. I looked it up because I was like, God, I got to get me one of those. You know what I mean? And then I saw that it was $8,000. And I said, I'll stick to my push mower that got left for free behind the, from the sellers that sold us the house. I'll stick with that. I don't want to take out a second mortgage in order to mow my lawn. Right? You get it. But we have like our, our neighbor did that unprompted completely unprompted we have friends bringing us food so there's these one people right that they started off as like a friend of a friend we have like our best friends here and they were their friends and then we kind of like met them a little bit through just hanging out with our other friends and them hanging out with the other friends yada 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 i don't want to say names because i feel like they are the type of people that like an anonymity anonymity they like to be private and so i'm not going to say names but we have our best friends here they're friends of them and then we got to know them but they still weren't like you know we just hang out just the four of us together like they're a couple we're a couple four of us right math they weren't those type of people and i always had a trouble i always had trouble with these two like getting a vibe one thing i'm pretty good at is reading people like i can pick up on people's personalities pretty quick and help them feel comfortable when I get to know them and stuff. I couldn't pick up their vibes super duper well. They're badass people, but I just couldn't pick up on their vibe. But they're the type of people that are about that action. And what I mean by that is they don't say a lot, but they speak so aggressively through their actions that you, I'm just like, 
I love these people. They're just caring. So the girl reaches out to my wife and goes, would you like to have a blessing way? And I didn't even attempt to Google that because I was like, whatever. I don't know what that is. Apparently what it is, it's like, it's a baby shower, but it's for the mom. It's like you get the mom's friends together, but it's, it's surrounded around being about the mom, not being about the baby so much. And she just unprompted reached out to Jordan and asked her that strictly on the fact that she was thinking about Jordan. And she goes, I know what it's like to be pregnant and have a baby away from family because all of our family lives in like Idaho and Montana and Washington, like all over there. And we're in the Midwest. So obviously we don't have family around, but she was just thinking about Jordan. And so she reached out and said, would you like to have a blessing way? And then after she explained what a blessing way was, she Jordan goes, yeah, sure. But it was one of those things where like, as a guy, I'm sitting back and I'm just like, that's so fucking nice. Like what a cool thing for someone who like is essentially a friend of a friend. We haven't hung out with them alone together. What a caring and thoughtful thing to do. And then I hear about the blessing away and granted, listen, like I said, I make fun of hippy dippy bullshit and star children, but when it's surrounded around an impetus of a woman having a baby i think it's beautiful honestly like they straight up had a tea party now dude don't laugh okay because it's it's cute it's cute as fuck but it's also a little bit wacky they had a tea party in her backyard and the girls were all like drawing pictures for jordan to hang up in the hospital room which we did and then they like made these like bracelet things that the girls were going to wear until jordan had the baby did like it was like a reminder to just like keep Jordan in your thoughts. Like it's like, it's cute shit. It's just cute shit. It would never happen in a guy's world for sure. Like if, like if a guy was like, Hey bro, do you want to have a blessing way? He'd get punched in the dick and then they'd laugh and that's guy's world. But girl world is different. And that's what I'm learning with having two daughters and a wife is girl world is something that I never experienced until I got married. And then I started having kids and girl world is wild. And it's not something that I envy other than moments like this, where like they truly show having each other's back like that. So the girls wear these little rope bracelets. They had a tea party. They drew pictures for Jordan. The juxtaposition of these pictures, there was one that was like someone drew like a bouquet of flowers and it's like, you can do this. And then there was one that was like a single line drawing, like super artistic of like a mom holding a baby. And then there was one other one that said, you can do this. And then another one that was just red letters on a white piece of paper block letters that said vaginas do open (laughs) which i think is going to be the title of this episode should i make it the title of this episode considering it's about the birth of my beautiful baby should i make the title of episode 33 be vaginas do open i don't think so i don't think that's in good taste but it's definitely the subtitle you know it's gonna be that's you know what that's all i'm putting in the description of this episode vaginas do open and you can take from that what you will before you listen but we had all those pictures hung up and but but my point is is this is just this is a person that i envy because i wish i was a little bit more like that because i give people the time of day and i'm open to them emotionally and with conversation and stuff when i'm in conversation with them doing some doing things for people outside of an expectation or outside of my own benefit kind of isn't something that just comes naturally to me I would have to like put legitimate effort into that and but this is a person that just thought about Jordan and constructed an entire thing surrounded by for her in order to just make her feel good before she goes in and has this baby 
And I was like, they are, it's hard for me to get a vibe on them with the type of, with who they are as people. But then they do things like this and they go, and I go, that's the type of people they are. That's the type of people they are because you are what you do, right? You are what you do, not what you act like you are, not who you try to talk people into who you are. You are what you do. And those people are about that action. And I doubt that they listen to this podcast, but if they do, hey, thank you. Also, they were the first people to bring food over. The first people. And they just, they roll up in their minivan and I see the dad sprinting across my front lawn and I'm like, what is, I was like, who is that? First of all, we're looking out the front window and they drop food off and then they just dipped because they're just caring people like that. And it's like, I'm not kidding you. It's like super health conscious meals where she's just like, I'm going to cook chef prepared meals for Jordan. And then we're going to bring it to her front door. Like I love people that are about that action, dude. And I want to be more about that action. I want to be more caring to people that aren't directly in my circle. Even I need to do all of it. I'm one of those guys that I wish that I texted my friends more. I wish that I stayed in communication more. I wish that I talked to my family more like wishing is all good and fucking dandy. And my excuse is always like, where do I want to split my energy? But I have the energy. I have the time. I just want to be a better person with that. And then, of course, like we had other friends come over and they met the baby and ah, it's just been, I don't know, dude, it's just the whole experience is great. Don't have kids. All right. Don't listen to this and go, I should have a baby. Have a baby when you're ready to have a baby. Don't have a baby because you listen to episode 33 of Cheer Up, Babe, the podcast. Okay. Call that an old fucking 180. You were like, listen, and you're like, God, let's just do it. Let's just have another kid. Hold your fucking brakes. All right, chill the fuck out for a second. Just do it. Shia, shut the fuck. You're listen. Okay. Now, having a baby is the most beautiful thing on the planet. But don't just go rushing into having a baby because you hear about another person's amazing experience. Hold on to your horses. Just do it. Shia, I swear to God, if you cut me off one more fucking time, dude. If you cut me off one more fucking time, it's not about just do it. You got to be able to be in a place where you're ready to care for and love a child unconditionally and give your all to that child. So you can't just be rushing in. To just do it. You heard him. <laughs> all right. We're going to transition away a little bit. Let's transition away a little bit. I think that's enough. That's enough fun and baby talk. For the episode, obviously, it will trickle itself into conversation because I can't think about anything else. But let's talk about some stuff that I found this week while I was just chilling holding my daughter. So I found this as I was scrolling through my TikTok, right? It was just a short little clip of the virginity is cool guy. Have you heard about this? Probably not. Maybe, but also probably not. Listen, there's, <laughs> there's this like youth pastor. Now, here's the deal. Like with the whole abstinence thing, <laughs> you, it's hard to fight against the opposing it's a it's hard to fight against the opposition right it's hard to say you know what you shouldn't do have sex you know what you shouldn't do get laid you know what you shouldn't do the only thing that your brain's telling you to do now i don't think that uh teaching abstinence is ever a smart idea i think teaching how to be safe and smart is a smart idea but just being like hey don't do that or never do it don't even look. Don't even look. Don't even don't even touch them. Not even for a second is not the correct thing. I don't think it's going to work based off my past experience and the experience of every single human being that I've ever met, except for my ex-girlfriend in high school. <laughs> Just thought about that. 
just thought about that. But it worked for her, I guess. So I guess abstinence until marriage can work for one in every 4,500 people, which is roughly the amount of people that are in my town when I was coming up. So every one in 4,500-ish people can go the abstinence route as long as they plan to get married and pop out kids fast, fast as shit. Long-term abstinence, I don't think that should be what we try to preach. And then you get the church going, hey, 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 no bumping fuglies, okay? No fucking bumplies. Don't do it. Don't fuck the bumply, okay? And when I say don't fuck the bubbly, I mean don't put your penis places. Also, don't spread your legs. I think it's funny that the phrase is she spreads her legs when it's so much easier to get access from behind. But that's besides the point. The church is in a conundrum because they're, they have planted their flag in the abstinence is the only thing we accept policy for so long that it's kind of hard to dig yourself out of the, hey, don't have sex hole that they're in, which is kind of an oxymoron. The don't have sex hole. <laughs> hey, I hooked up with her last night. Oh, what'd you guys do? I banged her in the don't have sex hole. <laughs> Do you have sex? No, thanks. I only have the sex that my church approves of, which is I put my penis in the don't have sex hole. <laughs> so stupid. Father of two. So you get like youth pastors and things like that that are trying to come up with clever, cool ideas on how to get kids hype on the idea of don't have sex right you're trying to <laughs> trying to get kids hype and they know that it's a losing battle they know they can't just be like here's a booklet that says don't have sex now we did go through the blue waffle era and i'm pretty sure that baby sales dropped significantly for those two years that that was viral but then after that era the church was like how can we spice it up and then you get youth pastors <laughs> Well, that fucking sucked. So, uh, I mean, listen, if you want authenticity, you're going to have authenticity. Okay? So, Gracie Girl decided that she was just going to puke. More than I've seen her puke in her 13 months. We got a different we got a different outfit on. Why? Because last night, I had to rush upstairs and take care of the baby girl because she just started puking. I always got the baby monitor with me when I'm recording the podcast. Always got the baby monitor. So, when suddenly I just spring to action... It's because something's going on on the baby monitor. I got to check on my check on my little girl because dad first, right? Always, no matter what. But she puked more than she's ever puked in her 13 months. So the, the denim daddy jacket is just covered in vomit, which seems fitting. If you call it the denim daddy jacket and it's a true dad jacket, you're going to be covered in vomit at some point or another. And that's exactly what happened. So the denim daddy jacket. Now, different top. It is what it is. I'm in my morning loungewear. You're getting morning VJ for the first time. This sounds like an innuendo. You're getting morning VJ for the first time pretty much ever since the beginning of this podcast because this is a nighttime podcast. But this is morning VJ and I got a different top on. Same pants because lazy. So what were we talking about? We were, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about um uh like pastors, right? We were not pastors, youth pastors. Worse. And we were talking about how okay. How can I circle this back? 
So people like to fuck is essentially what we were talking about, right? <laughs> and then religion stand, dug its hole in the no fuck in this hole hole. And so in order to combat that, you got youth pastors trying to connect with kids, trying to be like, yo, let's make it fun and quirky to not get laid. Let's make it a cool thing to not get laid. And then I came across this clip and I just want to, I just want to break it down with you guys. I just want to break it down with you guys because first of all, hype. Second of all, sad, but also hype. But listen to this. Here we go. Come on, ready? Virginity. Okay. So I, I stopped, I stopped it a little late. You heard virginity. I just got to set the premise. It's on a stage. Okay. There's four, five people on the stage, all wearing the same color of jeans. Also, guess what color they are? Doesn't matter, but guess. It doesn't matter, but guess. And so they're at like a seminar where it's like this youth pastor guy who's probably 45 is like, I had a perfect plan. I know how none of these kids are going to whip their dicks out. I know how none of these kids are going to spread those legs. I know how all of these kids are going to get hype about this and we're going to make this sick ass tune. Five of them are on a stage, 200 of them in a crowd. Here we go. Come on, ready? Virginity is cool. Come on, come on. Virginity is cool. What up? What up? Virginity okay. is cool. He's got it. Okay. All right. Now, first of all, the guy looks like me. So that's problematic in and of itself. The guy who's speaking looks like me, as in he shaves his head and it looks like he doesn't have eyebrows. So he looks like me, so I'm a little offended. I didn't really realize that part when I first saw the clip. Okay. Now, he's like, you know what kids like? Rap music. You know what kids like? Hardcore freestyles in the cypher. So I'm going to cypher it up with Jesus. So he's going, virginity is cool. And he's going down with his hip-hop hands. Down, down to the ground. Pointing his hip-hop hand down to the ground. And then he goes, after the virginity is cool line, he comes back up. And he goes, come on, come on, virginity is cool. That's down at the ground. And then back up to the sky. Come on, come on. And he's trying to get the five whitest kids on the planet in sync. But here's the thing, no rhythm. He's got virginity is cool. Come on, come on. Virginity is cool. What up? What up? Virginity is cool. Come on, come on. So they did a pan through the crowd as it is. As if it's like a hype-ass concert, you know, where the camera sprints through the front of the crowd when there's sick beats playing, where it's like, yo, I'm trying to make a hype-ass music video or a hype-ass highlight video for my tour, so I want you to do a really quick pan across the audience. You know what I'm talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. You've seen them every time. They did that for this conference, which I assume is religious. But the thing about the pan is they're panning and it's like a bunch of fucking, it's like white people, white people, white people, white people. There's an Indian kid or something. Pause. Hold the camera on him. Hold the camera on him. Yep. So it's sprint, 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 sprint. Oh, stop. We're diverse. That's what the message is that's trying to be sent with the sprint across the front of the stage pan. Right. Now, virginity is cool. You get... 150 kids going virginity is cool with their hands and not a single one is on beat because the singer's not on beat. 
He's going, virginity is cool. Come on, come on. Virginity is cool. It's like, where's the rhythm? Where's the flow? Virginity is cool. Virginity is cool. Like, let's get a little bit of bob and bounce. Not virginity is cool. Virginity. It's painful. It's painful to watch, but it's a real thing that happened. And we we see it right here. Ooh, come getting on, more intense. What up, what up? Okay. All right, thank you. And that was it. <laughs> so, I just, part of me wants to watch the, the five minutes that happened prior to this. I want to see his TED Talk-like speech where he's pacing back and forth. I want to see the whole thing. Because I'm sure it was beautiful in every aspect. I'm sure it was like, listen... There's going to be temptation out there. Listen, I'm going to give a better fucking stage speech than this guy did, and I'm riffing from the cuff. All right, everyone. So I'm here to talk to you today about the devil. And I just want you to know that the devil's temptations are enticing. That's why we call them temptations. But one thing that we need to know in this life, if we want to hold on to our values, if we want to be one with the Lord and true to our true selves, We must resist those temptations, even though it's literally how human beings are made. We must resist to trust each other enough to open up sexually. We can't do it. Zip it up. And ultimately, I'm just, I've latched onto this perspective because I didn't get laid in my past and I furiously masturbate in public bathrooms because I've never been sexually awakened. So my resentment brought me to this stage to you now i'd like five kids to come up here you 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 chris turner becky sue and lisa if you could all come up to the stage we're going to get a little chant going and we're going to connect in abstinence with the lord here we go come on ready virginity is cool come on come on virginity let everybody up 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 that's what i'm talking about curtis that's what i'm talking about He started getting the squeaking voice because he was screaming because his true passion came out where he almost started crying where it's like, it's so not, but I don't have another choice. And that's the end of it. That's the end of it. Don't forget. Cool, come on, come on. Jerry is cool, come on. So that's what I stumbled across. <laughs> oh, shit. And I know what you're thinking. VJ, this episode started off so beautiful and happy and you had to take it to this vj this episode started off with you relishing in the beauty of your brand new baby girl and now you're bashing a youth pastor i'm not bashing him i'm just i'm just trying to spread the good word that's all i'm doing that's all i'm doing i'm not you know don't get upset don't get defensive don't get upset with me for transitioning into this i just figured while we're on the topic of popping out children, maybe we could also circle back to the other direction because, listen, I'm directly down the middle any any way you split it. <laughs> that sentence meant nothing. I'm directly down the middle no matter what way you split it. I'm all about popping out babies. And guess what? I'm also all about abstinence. Can't you tell? I'm all about doing the nasty. And I'm also all about I don't even know what my penis feels like because I am what I am. I'm a hooligan. 
off the fucking rails, dude. Episode is off the rails. Gosh, Gracie puked so much last night, babe. It was so sad. I scooped her up out of her crib and she just like all over me. And so then we spent, mom and I had a rough night. We spent the night in bed. Gracie slept on my chest. Charlotte slept on hers. But the beautiful thing about uh, us and our relationship is we woke up after a few intermittent hours of sleep and made some breakfast for the girls and Jordan and I sat down. We opened the windows, looked outside, kind of sat in the reality of what our existence really is, you know, just the reality of like, look where we're at, look at our home, look at our family, look how beautiful it is outside because it's October and the leaves are changing and we have orange and yellow leaves and it's just one of those things like this is going to be tough. We are in the hardest transition of our lives right now with the introduction to a new baby. So we got to balance our schedules. We got to get a system going. We got to get a rhythm going and just know that when this period, this time period is over, when we are just chasing around two toddlers, but we all have a little bit more of a rhythm and a little bit more expectation on what our day-to-day is going to look like, we're going to miss this scariness because it's scary. It's scary to bring a new baby into the world and just flip your entire day to day on your head and have to relearn and adapt to a new schedule and try to figure out your little human beings as they go. And it's a beautiful thing. And I wouldn't want anything else. And I'm just the luckiest guy on the planet. So, but yeah, I hope, I hope you all of y'all have a great week this week. I'm not necessarily wrapping up the podcast. I just want to get my thoughts out as they come. We follow the breadcrumbs and it leads us down this trail. And I just want to have a little sincere moment and say, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope everybody's enjoying their lives as much as you possibly can. Don't worry about getting backed into corners and stuff like that. It's fall, okay? It's fall. You want to know what you should be doing? Throwing on a scarf and drinking a motherfucking pumpkin spice latte. If you're anything like me, you're going to throw on a scarf and you're going to drink a pumpkin spice latte because you're a basic bitch. Guess what other season it is? This happens every year. You know what my wife and I are doing? Cycling through the Harry Potter movies again. That's right. I don't know what it is. October hits. It's a little bit of spooky season. You see a random fucking witch hung up on someone's door and you go, you know what we should watch exclusively for the next two months? Harry Potter movies. Harry Potter movies. We're going to start at number one and we're going to go all the way to the end in order. And here's the deal. If something happens throughout the movie, we're going to start the movie over until we enjoy the entire movie in its entirety. So that means that it's going to take a couple months in order to sit down and watch the entire Harry Potter Harry Potter, Harry Potter series of movies. And that's just what we do. So listen, you want to have a great October? Go buy some pumpkin spice creamer. Don't wear scarves, actually. I'm just kidding. It's a, it's a strangling hazard. A fucking predator could come up behind you and just cinch that shit down and then you're fucked. And also don't wear scarves because you look like a screaming douchebag. But get your pumpkin spice latte creamer and watch Harry Potter. And if you don't have the Harry Potter movies, download Peacock. And this isn't an ad, but it fucking might as well be because Peacock is free and all the Harry Potters are on there. And the juxtaposition of that is also all the John Wicks are on there. So when I feel like getting fucking rambunctious and wanting to go out shopping at Target with my wife and children, but I want to be like on edge and aware of everybody, I'll just watch a John Wick movie and do some shit like, I wish a motherfucker would. Looking for the next sorry fuck cocking muscle. You know? So download Peacock. It's free. <laughs> Peacock, can I get like a residual? Can I get like, 
can I get like 10 cents for every episode stream that this plays? Every every play that this episode gets, can you give me 15 cents? Because I just gave you a random shout out. But watch the Harry Potter movies on Peacock. It's free. Also, Cubs, you guys are just crushing it. You know what I mean? You guys are just crushing it. Like we got we got so many new listeners. Shout out to you. You have if you are if this is your first episode or you have made it a couple episodes in, you still haven't figured it out. You don't know what we're doing here yet. But you're going to fall in love with it. But babe, listen, we got to keep the podcast small because say this podcast starts getting like 10,000 listens a week. I'm going to be insufferable. I'm going to be the worst. You think I'm an arrogant, cockstrong motherfucker now? Give me 10,000 streams a week and watch me change in a heartbeat. It goes back to that conversation where it was like, hey, if you were president, what would you do? And my answer is take every bribe because I like money. (laughs) If this podcast actually blows the fuck up even harder, even harder than it already is. Listen, I'm already feeling a little bit of a tingle in my ball sack because of what's been happening in the last month. But if it gets even bigger, insufferable. <laughs> I'm just going to wear a fuck. I'm just going to buy a fucking grill. Okay. You saw the denim jacket. All right. That's phase one. There's 10 phases. One phase for every new thousand listeners to the podcast. Dude, I sound like such an asshole. I try. <laughs> oh, whatever. You. I, Everything in this podcast is sarcastic, and you know that. But I'm going to be insufferable. I'm going to buy a fucking grill. I'm also going to get Cub tattooed on my neck. But fuck yeah, babe. All right. Let's wrap it up. Because I got my family waiting upstairs, and it's the morning. And it's the mor- It's Monday morning, so I'm going to be editing this, and this is going to be dropping hopefully later on Monday. It did not drop at 3 a.m. Monday because Gracie covered me in vomit. And I'm not even mad at her. I was more just sad. But you guys are going to have a fucking amazing week because it's beautiful outside and our lives are exactly where they need to be, right? So go on, follow the Instagram, Cheer Up Bay Podcast on Instagram. Leave a review for the podcast if you want to support the podcast. With a subscription, you can go to anchor.fm slash cheer up, babe, and find it right there. You can support the podcast. And if you just want to keep listening every week, that's all I fucking want, babe. So go out there. Have a great week. Don't be a bummer and cheer up, babe.